In the reading just a moment ago, in Luke chapter 22, in verses 31 and 32, we see the beginning of our Lord talking to Peter. And the Lord told Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, he says, behold, Satan wants you. He's desired to have you and sift you as wheat. But the Lord says, I pray for you, Simon. And when thou art converted, or you've turned again, strengthen thy brethren. Peter says to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you. Both into prison and to death. And our Lord replies, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou even knowest me. You know, our Lord is being honest with Peter, isn't he? He's telling him, he says, you're going to deny me. I know you're going to deny me. Satan has begged for you. And you know, even today, Satan begs for us. And always, Satan is doing his best to pull you and to pull me away from God and from Christ. He's putting in people's minds that there's more than one way to go to heaven. You just choose your way, what best fits you. You fulfill your desire and do what you want to do and how you want to do it and you'll be fine because God loves all people and he's not going to send everybody to hell. Satan's doing a good job of that. He's putting in your mind that we can act and do and say, not do things that we should be doing and everything be okay. Satan still begs for people. And he's doing a real good job in our world today and even in the Lord's church. He's doing a real good job of convincing people to put myself first, do what I want to do. If I don't believe that there's just one church that the Bible speaks about, that's okay. If I don't believe that I have to be baptized for the remission of my sins and be added to the body of Christ, that's okay. If I believe that I can social drink and, and do those things and, and partake of those things and, and, uh, in a social way and, and not be drunk and and not worry about the influence and that you make 
cause someone else to be that, and that's okay. I can dabble in fornication, sex before marriage. I can do all of these things, and it's okay. This morning, Christ and God and God's Word says differently. That's not okay. Peter's big mistake. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 marks the conclusion of Peter's great sermon on that day of Pentecost. We know it well. We've studied it in our Wednesday night Bible study. You've heard it for years. The day of Pentecost, the day that the the church came to fruition and about 3,000 souls were added to the body of Christ and baptized for the remission of their sins. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, the Bible says and reminds us the, the, the pinnacle of Peter's sermon some 50 days after Passover, the week in which they crucified Christ, the week in which Peter denied him three times. And Peter tells, and most a lot of these people who are gathered here probably were the ones, some who had beaten Christ, spit on him, mocked him, watched the whole thing go down. And Peter says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter returned and made himself right and overcome that big mistake. Peter still had the courage to stand before these people and preach the gospel. And in verses 14 through 36 of Acts chapter 2, he tells them the truth of what they had done. He holds nothing back. He says, you're, you're, you're murderers. He reminds them of their past, who they were. In that great sermon of Peter. How could this happen? How could Peter be one way 50 days earlier and deny Christ? And complete, complete that, the big blunder of Peter's life of denying Christ. How could he do that and get back to the point in his faith considering that terrible mistake that he made when the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested? How can he get back 50 days later to preach the gospel and say, you were the ones? 
50 days prior to the events of Acts 2, Peter was gathered with Jesus in the upper room in Matthew 26 and verses 20-29. He was gathered with Jesus in that upper room and, and the other apostles to eat the Passover to remind them of when they were, were taken the night before they were taken out of bondage in Egypt to celebrate that moment of their history But this is also the same night that the Lord's Supper, another meal, if you will, not a common meal, was instituted. And after eating the meals, the Lord led his disciples to the Mount of Olives. He knew what time it was going to be. Matthew chapter 26, in verses 31 and 32. You go back up to 30, it says, When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives, 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad, but after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Notice Peter's response. Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, though all men shall be offended or stumbled or, or fall away, he says, because of thee, he says, yet will I never be offended. Yet will I never stumble. Yet will I never fall away. What a bold, prideful statement that Peter made. Notice what our Lord tells him again in another account in verse 34. Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, the rooster crows, thou shalt deny me thrice. Three times. Peter says, no, I, I, I will die with thee. I will not deny thee. And so did all the rest of the disciples, the scripture says. You see, Peter refused. He refused to believe what the Lord was telling him that he would deny. Again, the Lord led him into that uh, Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he reveals to them that they would forsake him. They would turn their back on him. It was sin against him. Deny him. Be scattered. you continue in Matthew 26 and verses 69 through 75. After the Lord was arrested and taken to the court, Peter did exactly what was predicted. See, he followed afar off 
He was just far enough away that he could slip into the courtyard of Caiaphas. And I thought it was interesting as I studied this that when you visit Israel where they say where Caiaphas lived was on a hill and he could actually see the Garden of Gethsemane and might even, even witnessed and saw the lights of all that going on. But he slipped in. He was approached three different times by servant girls or maidens. You're, you're, you're one of them. No, I'm not. Another time, you're, you're one of them. You, uh, you're just like you. We know you. We've seen him with you. No, I'm not. And the third time, he's confronted and he begins to use foul language and curse and say, I'm not, I don't even know him. He had became so angry. When questioned about his allegiance to Jesus, Peter denied him. I want you to put yourself in Peter's shoes just for a moment, just for a minute this morning. I want you to, to, to think about that. You've been told that you're going to deny him, and you said, no, I'm not. I'm going to stay with him forever. I will die for him. I will not deny him And as Peter was in that group and in that area, and as the cock crew crowed that third time, Jesus passed in front of him and what? Looked at him. He looked at you. You've done something that you said you would never do. And what Jesus said, what happened, happened, and he looks at you. A piercing look that you'll never forget. Luke 22 and 61, you find that account nowhere else in the Bible. Jesus looked at him. You left all to follow him. You left your family, left your job. You walked with Jesus and you've seen miracles and, and you even walked on water. The only, uh, one of the other, per, per, besides Jesus, the only person to ever walk on water part of the time until you begin to sink. And you denied him. Peter committed one of the biggest blunders found in the Bible and yet, get this, he was selected by God to preach the gospel on the day of Pentecost and usher in the Lord's church. To me, what a remarkable transformation in a mere 50 days. This is a story of redemption. 
that provides us this morning with several things that we need to remember when we find ourselves messing up in life. You know, it's not if I mess up, it's when, because you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. Many of us older people know that. I know that. I fell victim to those things. I, there's been times in my own life that I denied the Lord. When I chose to put him second and put other things first. When I chose to go places that I shouldn't have went or talk the way I shouldn't have talked or not just served him the way I should serve him. I think we all have fell victim of denying Christ at some point in your life and even in mine. This morning I want to give you three things that we, we can learn from Peter's big mistake. Again, number one, sometimes you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to sin. You're going to fail. You're going to fall down. We're human. We're going to be influenced by those fleshly lusts. Peter messed up several times in his own life, in his walk with Jesus. Many times. One thing that we can say this morning, the Bible is never fails to point out the things and the, the, the mistakes of its Bible characters. And Peter's one of them. Peter messed up again many times in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. In verse 11 and in verse 14 through 14, when Paul withstood him and he stood him face to face and he was to be blamed because he was playing two sides of the fence when it came to the Gentiles. He was being influenced by people around him to, to associate and then not associate when certain people were around and, and, and Paul withstood him. He called him out. And he said, that's wrong. You know, that's one thing about people today. People today don't want to be called out. We do not want to be told that we, what we are doing is not according to biblical scripture. We don't want to be told that. Now we have record that every time that Peter was called out and the mistakes that he made, he made them right. You see, that's the difference between Peter and people today. When people are called out from pulpits because of specific sins that are happening in, in, in the Lord's church, 
that says, well, that's just how I believe, and that's what I want to do, and that's how I'm going to do it, no matter what the Bible says. You see, that's the difference between us and Peter today. I'm going to do it my way. Peter says, I've got to do it the Lord's way. This morning, we need to do the same thing. We should want to do it the Lord's way, not our way. Peter messed up. And we will as well. I mentioned that the Bible never fails to call out the, the mistakes of the Bible characters. You think of Noah and Abraham and Isaac and, and Paul and Peter and Jonah. Folks, this morning, Christians mess up. You go to 1 John chapter 1 and verses 8 through 10, and Paul writes in the verse 2 to 3, 4 words there, he says, we... We, he includes himself in that passage. He says, we are going to mess up. In verse 8, notice what it says. Notice what the Bible says to you and to me. If we, John writes, if we, Say that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Notice what that says. Peter was willing to recognize that sin. I asked a question this morning. Are you ready to recognize that sin? Folks, I think, to be honest with you, as a whole, we take sin a lot less serious than what we should. Do you believe, honestly believe, I'm telling you this morning that I can take you to the passage and say, no sin will go to heaven. Not any person that says one curse word that's unrepented of will not go to heaven. One person who fails to, uh, to be faithful to the Lord and puts things before the church and the church services and God that's of the world and that's beyond their control, when we do that, that's a sin. When we lie, it's a sin. When we steal, it's a sin. When we partake in things of the world, it is a sin. <clears throat> Somebody said to me just a few weeks ago, I had talked about it already, but someone said, says, I guess it's about time for you to preach on modesty, about how people and young girls and boys dress. You know what my reply was to them? I said, I've preached on it for 13 to 14 years and they ain't changed yet. I said, my conclusion is, is that the young ladies in this congregation and the brotherhood, the ones who want to dress modest are going to dress modest. And the ones who don't want to dress modest, they're not going to dress modest. 
That's what it boils down to. Same thing with church attendance. Somebody says, you might need to preach on church attendance, on being faithful. I've preached on it for 13 years. And guess what? Those who want to be faithful and put God first in everything of their life is going to do it. Those who ain't going to do it won't be back tonight. That's the conclusion. Satan is good at what he does. People are not going to change. You could put Jesus himself in this pulpit. And some people will not change how they dress and how they attend and how they do. They said we might want to preach on social drinking. I preached on it for 13 years. Guess what? The people who still social drink and drink alcohol are still drinking and socially and going to their parties. Again, the conclusion is those people will never change until they want to change and until their heart gets right with God. Thank you, Seth, for shaking your head yes. I'm just being honest with you. Peter's mistake was big. And had Peter not repented and came back to the Lord, Peter would have found himself living in sin and missing out on heaven. Same thing today. Many of you have come back from being out of the church for many years and been faithful. Prayers have been answered on your behalf. But there are many more who need to make things right. Who need to get serious. I believe and I know that every day we live, we're one day closer to the Lord coming back. We're one day closer to us being gone from this world and slipping into eternity. Yes, I'm going to continue to preach the truth and love because I care about each and every person's soul sitting in this auditorium this morning. If I didn't, I wouldn't say a thing about those things and the things that you need to hear or the things I need to hear. If I didn't care about you, I wouldn't preach it. I tell you all, I tell everyone of you, you're going straight to heaven. God's not going to send you to hell. You don't need to be baptized. You don't need to change from what you're doing. You don't need to be back here tonight. You don't need to worship every time you can be together. You don't need to study. You don't need to do these things. I wouldn't say a word about it. But I'm going to tell you, my conscience as a gospel preacher would not let me do that. 
Peter's big mistake, the blunder. Second thing, Peter, even though Peter would not would deny the Lord, he wouldn't give up on his faith. He'd pick himself up and continue to do good for the cause of Christ. As we read in Luke 22 this morning in 31 and 32, the Lord wanted Jesus to, or wanted Peter to know that Satan was after him. Jesus wants you to know this morning that Satan's after you. He's doing everything he can to get you. And it's working on some of us. Satan's got us. But look what Peter would do. He would come on to be a great preacher, an apostle, an elder in the church. And like Peter, even after our own mistakes, the Lord can use you and me to do amazing things from here for his glory. Our past mistakes do not have to ruin our future. And we need to understand that. We need to pick ourselves up. Jesus is saying this morning, and he told Peter, he said, I'm praying for you, Peter. We say this morning, the church, we're praying for you, sinner. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Make a change in your life and do better at what you need to do in your weaknesses. Thirdly, we serve a redemptive God. After this huge blunder, Peter was given a second chance. The Lord forgave and continued to use him. In John 21 and 15 and 19, you find that account. And this morning, he'll do the same for you and he'll do it for me. But only, only if we seek and turn to him this morning, this very hour for forgiveness. When you go back to 1 John chapter 1 and verses 8 and 9, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word or his word is not in us. Just like a lot of invitation songs through the years, people have sat and stand in this auditorium and other auditoriums across the brotherhood and say, oh, I don't have any sin. Well, I know what the preacher said the Bible says, but that's not how I want to do it. That's not how I want to do it. I'm going to do it this way. I have no sin. You see, you're, you're treading on dangerous, dangerous ground. The only sin that God will not forgive is the one we will not repent of. That's the only sin. 
I don't care what you've done this morning. If you're willing to turn and to seek forgiveness and to change the way you look at things and the way you live and, and put God first and, and, and say, I'm going to do better. It's not to say you're not going to sin again because you will. But you've got to be willing to start somewhere. You've got to be willing to say, I need to change. I need to make, I need to make a difference right now, today. Because I love God and I love Christ. Not because what the preacher said. Not because of an elder or a mother or a father or a friend or church members. I want them to like me and love me. You better worry about whether God likes you. Whether God can save you or not. Because he don't like sin. He don't like sinners. He don't like halfway Christians. Said it makes him sick. He calls them lukewarm. Makes him want to vomit. See, he don't like that. Shouldn't be worried about anybody else, just you. Can you, can you today go to heaven? Now to go to heaven, there's faithfulness, there's a commitment. Now there's things, well, we've talked about this. But I always have somebody say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and I'm, I'm feeble and I can't come to church all the time. That ain't what I'm, God knows that. But God knows also people who are, are going to go do what they want to do when it's time to be here among the Christians. He knows that. Or I'll just stay home and listen to it online. God knows that. Peter's big mistake. Peter's big blunder. He'll forgive you this morning. He can save you this morning. He can turn your life around this morning. Make you a Christian. Make you a member of the body of Christ to serve him full. Fully, this morning, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand as we sing.
for the Lord's Supper we'll sing the first and last verse number 310 310 